everybody, and welcome to the first episode of You Board Podcast. Sure, that's the name we'll go with. Uh, my name is David, and thank you for joining me on this. I don't want to call it a journey, but I will for the time being. Uh, let's get some provisions out of the way. Why? Why did I start this podcast? I started this podcast because every other night I'd get together with some friends. Uh, late at night, I'd be playing video games, they'd be doing whatever, and we would just talk, and we'd talk about, I'd always end up talking about something ridiculous, something wild that came into my head that day. It was like, hmm, what other foods could you put peanut butter on? It would still be okay. Like that type of weird. And I figured at this point, it was rude of me to keep that all to myself. So I'm sharing it with the world here. If you know me personally, I am so sorry that this is where you are going to find out that I never stop thinking, I always am thinking, and sometimes I come up with really, really weird stuff. Sometimes it's so on the nose, it's scary. Sometimes I can't even begin to explain to you how perfectly I can encapsulate something. And the other half of that time, I am swinging for the fences and I could not be more wrong and it's incredibly fun to figure out which it is. Uh, I'll explain a little bit later how you can interact with me, but feel free if you want. I set up a brand new email that you can email all your frustrations, tell me how wrong I am, or tell me how right I am, do either. Um, but yeah, I wanted a place to put this, put all my thoughts on paper, sort of, quote-unquote, um, and put them all out there so that way the mass populace could get their opinions and tell me how right or how wrong I am. Just have a nice big conversation. We can cover literally anything and everything. I'm trying to keep it more on the side of weird and not necessarily like factual actual. You'll learn a lot of my sayings as well that I've picked up from friends. Um, but I, you know, I take it less from like, you know, talk of COVID or politics or whatever. And again, more like what foods go well with peanut butter, like that type of weird. And again, I'll explain a little bit later how you can um, interact with me, sort of. And I would love to answer questions on this podcast as well, because that's all I do all day, every day, is I just think of questions. So you guys coming up with questions is going to be just as fun for me if I come up with them. Um, why the intro of the legendary song for Elise? Uh, first off, it's one of my favorite songs, so I thought it was very fitting. But more than that, I was trying to think, I have a bunch of friends that do podcasts. I've been getting into podcasts lately. I have a couple of, like, YouTubers who I also listen to their podcasts. And a lot of them start with music of some kind. And I've dabbled in doing my own music, but truth be told, I don't think I'm very good. Um, so I was just kind of lazy. And I said, all right, well, I can take music as long as it's public domain. And I thought, well, what's public domain? You know what's public domain? Good classical music that everybody knows that was made in like the 1700s. So you're going to be hearing a lot of that. You won't hear for Elise every time. It'll be a little little surprise every episode. You're going you're gonna to hear something new. Something that you 100% know, or at least you'll know some of them. Maybe not all of them. But you'll definitely know some of them and you'll be like, oh, okay. I've heard that song. And it's all just in the public domain. You can use it on whatever project you do next. I know I'm using them now, and I will continue to use them because I like them, I think they're good, and I don't want to make or pay for anything. The last little why that I want to touch on is why the picture derives from the same answer as the uh, derives from the same answer as the music, which is 
I don't want to pay for anything, and I really don't, I don't have any pictures, and I'm really bad with Photoshop. I was required to take, like, a Photoshop class the first two years of college. Boy, howdy, was I not good. And I at least had some skill when I took the class. I took the class freshman year, so I don't have it anymore. So I downloaded a little thing just so that way I have it. But I went to this beautiful website, and if you don't know what this website is, I will give it to you now. It's called unsplash.com. That is unsplash.com. And unsplash.com is a free website where you can go and there's just a bunch of free pictures that everybody has taken and they put it on unsplash and they're gorgeous if you ever just want to look at some gorgeous photos you should look at them because they are absolutely stunning and i was like well i just need a picture i don't know what i was i literally thought i was going to just have a black picture as the cover art for this podcast and i was like well no i don't want to do that so what do I do? I originally was going to have make it be a table. Because, you know, like table, we can discuss. We're all at the table, per se. And we're going to talk about some stupid stuff. Then I couldn't get it to work because all the pictures of the table were kind of formatted weird of how they framed them in the shot. It's like they were all in like the bottom third. And my discount Photoshop was having a weird time with it. So it's like, screw it. I don't, I don't need it to be a table. And I found this picture of this chair, which hopefully if I get it right and I do it well then I can put the chair as the... And I want to give a special shout-out because this is the one thing that they say if you download a picture, it's like, oh, give give credit to the person who took this picture. So I'm going to now. Uh, the person who took this picture is Renee Mueller. I think that's how you pronounce that. I'm really bad with pronunciations. She has an accent over the second E, and she has two dots over the U, so I believe it's called Renee Mueller or Muller. Thank you for your picture of your chair on Uns- Unsplash. Um... Hopefully, I am using it for the cover art for my podcast. And again, these are all free. You can do with these as you want. That is the reason why they are there. And they're great. Again, they're just fantastic photos. If you ever just want to look, like, look up, like, New York City or City or Mountaintops or whatever. They're just fantastic. All right. With that out of the way, it is time to get into the meat of this podcast which will most likely always derive from me asking myself at least a question and then me going down a rabbit hole for months and months and months about this. I have a list of things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about two today. I might talk about one if I get on it long enough. I might talk about three if they're short enough. Before I do that, I'm sorry, this is all out of whack, and I wrote it down. Can you believe it? I wrote it down, and I'm still not going in order. I want to tell you the email now, and then I'm going to also tell you at the end, so that way you know. If you would like to send me a question to read at the end, or you want to voice your opinion and be like, you're wrong about this, and here's why, or if I know you, or maybe even if I know, if this becomes famous enough, who knows? But if I know you, and you're like, listen... I want to get on this, and I want to talk about some stuff that's been on my mind, you can send me an email at my brand new email called youboardpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is youboardpodcast at gmail.com. It's spelled exactly how you think it is, and there are no capitalizations and no numbers and no anything. Just send an email if you want, if you're bored too. If you're bored, you're probably listening to this, so it works. 
that's all this is. This is just me being bored and hopefully you're bored and on your commute to work. You know, this is just something to fill up your time. And maybe while you're on your lunch break, you're like, hmm, is David right about that? Eh, who knows? That's the fun of it. Am I right? Do I have any authority in any of this? Do I know for a fact I'm right? No, I'd like to think I am. And I think I am. But that's just me. That's why the email's there. All right, I've done stalling. It's time. First question that I've had. And this is a big one. We're starting off strong in this episode, so be prepared. First question. Being creative. I'm going to link... I've linked this back to podcasts. It's fantastic. Um, being creative, to me, has always been such a struggle. Because there's two schools of thought. When you are being creative, does the public matter? And what I mean by that is, like, do you pursue being creative solely for yourself, at least in the beginning? Do you do it solely for yourself, or do you do it with the public in mind? A spin on this question also is, like, does your work have to have a message? If I go and tomorrow I'm given a million dollars to make a movie... Do I have to make a movie with some sort of message or moral message? Like, oh, friendship, you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, like, don't steal or something like that. Or can I make a movie solely for just making an entertaining movie? Or does there have to be some type of message that can be... that? that does there have to be a message that I put it on myself? People will find a message regardless. You can make whatever you want, and somebody will take a message out of it eventually. The gimmick is... Is it your responsibility as a creative to make sure that there is a message and that message is being conveyed clearly? Or can you just make stuff for the sake of making stuff? I have such a hard time with this. I have such a hard time with this in the space of performing. And people who know me will go, David, what are you talking about? You perform all the time in college and in high school. You were in shows all the time and you're a drummer and you do things for drumming. You could list off what I've done. And... I'm going to tell you that that's different because all those times I'm not taking the directive brunt of the criticism per se. If I'm in a musical, I like to perform because I like to perform in musicals, but it's not my direction. It's not my show. So I am not in charge of what message is being sent. I am in charge of conveying that message, whatever it is. You know, you can think about like Legally Blonde, right? She, uh, Elle Woods. Uh, shout out to all my Legally Blonde peeps, by the way. I did that show in college. Uh, uh, Legally Blonde, she learns that her self-worth is not, like, directly tied to, like, her chasing this man, basically. Uh, self-worth might have been the wrong word. But you get what I'm saying if you've seen the show. And if you haven't seen the show, at least listen to the show. The show is about Elle Woods, who gets dumped by her boyfriend, and she decides to get him back. She's going to follow him to Harvard Law, and on the way discovers that she doesn't actually need this boy, and that a law career is actually something she could do, not just to get this boy but actually as a job and you know and it's a great show a great message i didn't make that message so i'm fine i'm conveying that message in my part by being part of the show but i didn't make that message i didn't create the show so i'm fine my problem is i think i hope i pray one day that i create a musical and a book and a movie and I think I can do it. I think anybody can do it, truth be told. But that might be a conversation for another day. But when I, I have such a problem with this because, like, 
I would love to create a musical, almost like for me, almost. And like, do I need to have it have a message? Do I do I need to care that people are gonna view it, or do I just put it out there for the sake of putting it out there? Can I have it exist in a space regardless of the outside world almost? If you're having trouble with this, let me put it another way. It's like, imagine if I, I see this all the time with my friends and I get such at a crossroads because it's like somebody makes something, right? To me, like if I write a song, if I write a song for me, and I just write it because I'm writing it and I like it and I think it's good and whatever not necessarily that there's a message or anything i just write for the sake of writing it most people most normal people would write a song and then they practically shove it in everybody's face right they'd be like look at this song i wrote it's great you should listen to it and then tell me it's great and i'm not saying that's bad i'm not saying that's wrong i'm saying that's not what i would do what i would do is if i write a song i'd be like okay i wrote this song and i'm going to keep this song for me and i'm not gonna let anybody else see it People look at me weird when I do stuff like that. Like, I don't perform on my own. It's something I, I do that very rarely. I can remember the last time I did it, and past that time, I can't remember the last time I did it, truth be told. Aside from, like, I guess, talent shows in high school. I guess that would be the last time before that. And then in college, I did it once because it was my last opportunity to do it at our, like, college talent show kind of thing also. It was my last opportunity to perform, so I did. I did it, like, three times because I could and I would but all the other times I had the opportunity to perform I didn't unless there was somebody else being the driving force I hope he's okay with this but I'll give it an example one of my dear friends in college he came to me one day when I was a lot better at piano and he said hey David I would like you to play the piano and I would like us together to do a musical improv song I would like to come up with the words on the fly and I would like to sing it on the fly and you're going to play the piano for that. I went, absolutely. That's going to be the best thing I've ever heard of. Let's go. And I did that. But you see what I mean? I'm not the driving force in that. So that's fine. I will do that stuff until the cows come home. That's not my issue. My issue is like, if I write a song or if I write a book, aside from the fact of like, you know, me having to make money, I want to keep it for me. I don't want to shove it in everybody's because it's mine. And I feel like almost like, not that you wouldn't get it. I don't want to come off like that. But I, you know what I mean? It just, I get at this weird crossroads because I don't want to bother people. I don't want to be like, look at my song. But I like it and it's mine. And then I do this and then they're like, no, show it. Show me. People are like, show me the thing. And then I show them the thing and they're like, wow, it's really good. And I'm like... Well, are they saying that because they have to? Or do they think it's actually good? And now I can't think. Now I don't know. Because, you know, very few people, at least especially people that you don't know all that well, I guess people besides, like, your best friends, are going to look at something you do and go, eh, that wasn't your best, or that was kind of crap. Pardon the French. I'll keep the French down as much as I physically can. But, but that's what I want, almost. I want... Yeah, you could have done better. Because that's how you get better, is when somebody looks... Now, there is a divide, right? Because it gets to the point where... I'm going to talk about a video game, and if you came here not knowing about video games, I'm going to try to educate you as best as I can. I'm going to grab from every aspect of my life 
that I have. So if you don't know something, I'm going to try to integrate it as best you can. And if you're still confused, send me an email. But video games, sometimes video games are made by solely one people. And the best example, and when I say best, I mean quality best example that I can give you would be Toby Fox's Undertale. I haven't actually played it, but I've seen enough clips to feel like I've played it. And there's a section that was just brought to my attention recently that's so funny, where the main character, you do some things, and then the main character is then, like it fades to black, comes back, and you are in a bed, and the only way that you can tell where you are in the bed is because there's a little bump. And, you know, kind of like a cat almost. And when you move around, energetic drum beat plays. That's great. I worry, here's, here's, here's the connect. If anybody else was involved in that project, I'm pretty sure they would have looked at that and been like, Toby, why is this in the game? This doesn't need to be in the game. But anybody who's played that, probably, I know a couple people who played it, and they're like, yeah, but it's great. It's so fun, because it's just stupid fun, because you're just moving around, and it's great. So on one hand, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I need them to tell me that it's bad so I can make it better, because... I'm no prodigy. I'd love to believe I am. I'd love to believe that we all are, but I'm no prodigy. So I need people to tell me it's bad. I need them to tell me what's bad about it so I can look at it and reevaluate. But the other part of me is like, yes, but am I a prodigy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, but if it's something that I put a lot of time and thought into, and I'm, I'm meticulous, devil with the details for me, all the time, every day. And... I can't tell, like, if I took something that I've thought about for seven hours, which is not an exaggeration, I can and I will if I have the time and the patience. If I take a piece of music, if I take a section of my music, like a 64-bar frame of my music, and I've spent seven hours making sure that every note is meticulously crafted to a way that I like, at the very least, and somebody tells me that you, I need to redo the whole thing, how much of that do I need to pay attention to? And the more people that tell me that I need to pay attention to it, I'm, I, so now I'm at a crossroads. Do I, do I take their advice and do I just scrap the seven hours of work? Or am I actually a genius? Am I an actual factual genius? And they just don't know it. But it's so dangerous to think that way too. Because if you think that you're a genius about everything, and you're going to get to a point where nobody convinced you of anything. And you just think you're right all the time. And I don't even need to explain why that's dangerous. Because, I, again, I'm not a prodigy as much as I like to think so. But how close to prodigy am I? How close to prodigy are you? You like to think that you're not a prodigy, but you don't know. We don't know. I, mean, I guess we do. Maybe. So, that's a, so, to come back, because now I've gone on a tangent about my tangent... Come back. So it, it gets to a point where I'm like, I need this feedback, but also this should just be about me. And when I create something, I like to do it in the creative mind for me. But that's sometimes that's not how other people think. A lot of times, at least on higher ups, it's about money. It's like, oh, you know, we'll, we need to make another one of these because money. And I'll touch on that later. But do you think like Lin-Manuel Miranda made Encanto, which is like... I, the latest movie that I think he worked on the music for. Do you think he made that? Do you think, did he make that? I don't know if I said that earlier. Do you think, did he make that in mind of, I am making this music for me, and it happens to just coincide with the latest motion picture for Disney? 
Or do you think he made that with like, I need to make sure that people like this? I don't know. I would lean toward the second one. And when I say people like this, I mean, it's like, did he take out some of his own personality almost in the song? And did he just think, well, you know, well, this is for the next Disney motion picture. So I just have to pull out all my, you know, I've dabbled enough in musical composition to know, like, you have certain tools that you can fall back on just as we all do in like speaking or if you do computers or other things you have certain tools that you can fall back on so you think he just went through his tool belt and he was just like all right well i'll put this here i'll put this here and i'll put this here and people will love it or do you think he's like well i want to meticulously i've seen an interview with him where he was like i wanted to grab the essence of colombian music because i believe that's where it's from or at least the film takes place and he says i wanted to capture the essence of colombian music or wherever it's from i wanted to capture the essence of that places music and i want to put that as much into the music as i can while also sort of you know keeping in line with what disney does and you know working within budget and all these other things and i look at that and i'm like it's so fantastic how much that doesn't answer my question because you that's either because of course he comes from that descent he i believe i hope um to my knowledge he comes from some type of that descent i'm sorry I, I i guess i can look it up but i don't i don't want to have all the typey type like come through the podcast but like did he did he write that being like this is for me and then this just happens to also coincide or was he like oh no i just i'm filling out check boxes and i'm or maybe it was something in between i don't know I don't know. And that's where I feel like I'm at a crossroads. It's like, I want to write, and I'm in that position because I'm not getting offered by Disney to write their next movie for the music. So I'm not in that position. So in a way, it's a blessing. In a way, it's a curse because I don't, I can, because if he might not have even had the opportunity to do it for himself, Disney's like, this is how long the music should be and this is what it should feel like and you can write it and we can't, so do it. And he's like, well, all right, well, I don't really have any creative freedom, so I'll just check boxes. That's sort of, that's the crossroads that I do. That's the, that's the crossroads that I come to even when talking about anything that I'm doing. I am in the process of, I don't want to give away too much because I don't want somebody to take my idea because I think it's a really good idea. But what I'll give you is this. I'm taking the Lin-Manuel Miranda school of thought when it comes to writing a musical, which is reading a book and then writing the musical. I'm doing that. I'm reading a book, and then hopefully I will write a musical on top of that. I'm hesitant to tell people that much. And I'm putting out a podcast, so how hesitant could you be, David? Well, let me explain. When I'm talking to people, and they see me with the book, or maybe they ask, it's like, oh, I've heard you do this. I'm hesitant to tell people that much, because I don't... Because, like, most of the time, people are just going to be like, oh, you know, pats on shoulder. Oh, good job. You know, whatever. And it's just, I was like, well, I don't need that. I need you to tell me that you're going to look at my stuff and you're going to tell me it's bad. <laughs> you know what? Because that's what I want. But I don't get anywhere. So, like, why am I going to? And I just, I you hear all these stories. It's like people who are successful, the Steve Jobs is the Bill Gates is all those people, keep the cards close. And that is something, at least creatively, that I try to do. And I like to think I 
am halfway successful at it, but truth be told, I don't know, and I can't know because I am me. But it's like they, like, Bill, those types of guys, they always kept the cards close to their chest because of Steve Jobs and blabbing about combining an MP3 player and a computer into a phone. You know, one, people thought he probably would have been out of his gourd. Or two, if somebody had the means to do it, they might have tried to do it first. And I bet that's what his line of thinking was. So, again, I'm definitely not going to tell you the book that I'm using, but I will tell you this. It is very, very large. I'm not going to read it all because I don't think I need to read it all. But it is over a thousand pages. It is a thick book. Sometimes I like, sometimes I like bring out the book. Like I brought out the book on the train ride home from Christmas this past Christmas. If you want to know what the date is, by the way, for future catalyzation, catalogization, it is January 5th, 2022. And that is about to flip, actually, because I am recording this at 1130 at night. It's okay if my mother is listening to this or anybody else that cares about my job schedule. It's okay because I get to come into work late. So it's fine. I get to come into work late. It's all good. I definitely didn't just make a mistake and I had to cut everything. It's fine. Don't ask. So I was coming home on the train to... I just like doing this because I like to... I came on the train home for Christmas and I just busted out this 1,000-page book. And, you know, it was COVID and I happened to accidentally sit myself in the quiet car so nobody was really making any noise. But I like to imagine just... Everybody had a book out at that point. Everybody around me, there were I don't think anybody was actually looking at their phone. One girl was, I think, crocheting, and the other two people were reading books. I know the guy next to me was reading a book. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bust out this thousand-page book, and it has sticky notes in it. That's how you know. That's how you know that somebody's been through that book when it has sticky notes all through it. I don't know how many of you are recent college grads or college grads. I know a good portion of my friends are. At least, I, again, I either graduated college semi-recently or tech or still in it or even high school even it's like if you have a teacher or professor that has sticky notes and or dog-eared and or has written in the book oh my god it's it's such a it's such a mind bend to me that because you know when you were in school you know you write on the book you pay for it basically like you ruin the book you're gonna pay for it and these books ain't cheap and they threaten you with it and it's so wild to me that, like, I have a bookcase full of books that I've just acquired over the years. I, it's actually getting to be a problem. I'm running out of space in every bookshelf I have. And I can write in the book. And you can't write in book. But, like, you can write. You can underline. You can highlight. And I know people did that with college textbooks sometimes. I tried my hardest not to. And I did a couple times. Don't tell. But, uh, yeah. So I busted out that book for... And I'm taking that book... Right, the purpose of this. I'm taking that book, and hopefully, with the amount that I can learn through that book, I can put that into a musical. So that's... that. But, like, I, I've told... I've just told you guys more than I've told most people. And now I'm worried you're going to take my idea. You're going to find my book, and you're going to take my idea. So that's... I guess that's all I really have to say about my creative struggles and my thought process and the school of thoughts, I think, on being creative. Do you, to leave you with a final question that you can then work with and chew on, do you want to be creative 
I guess for is it for the end result or for the journey? I don't think that's how I want to phrase it. It's is it for you basically or is it for other people? And I think if it's for you, if it's truly for you, I don't think you would want to share it with other people. At least not directly. Of course, if somebody asks and you're like, oh, I wrote a song. And they're like, oh, can I see it? It's like, all right, sure. But I think if it's truly for you, I don't think you would want to go posting about it everywhere. At least I, again, I wouldn't. But maybe I'm just weird. Let me know. That's a good segue. Moving along. The other thing I want to talk about today is originality. So I touched on this briefly earlier and I can't remember what I said. So I'll just start over. Let's talk about originality for a second. I was having this argument with a friend of mine and he was saying, Dave, you give too much credit to things that are original because most of the time things that are original are bad compared to things that are unoriginal. And I think, and he's right. I, I'm paraphrasing myself and him there, and I'm sure if he's listening to this, he's very, very mad because I'm probably taking him out of context. It's fine. It, I, it's, I feel like things that are not original end up being better as a result for two reasons. One, it's established, of course. So you get something established that people know, so at the very least, some of those good memories probably fog up their actual objective view on the thing. I know that's happened to me plenty of times. And or they get more money because it's an established thing. And it's if it's original, people that would fund it, if it's not directly just yourself, you know, they'd be like, well, what am I investing on? What's the name? This is nothing. But I was arguing to him. I was saying I would rather take something that's like, a four, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'd rather take something that's a four or five out of ten that's completely original in a, either a movie, a TV show, a video game, a book, something. Books, I don't think, can get away with being unoriginal quite so much, at least not to the degree that movies and television do, especially, and video games, too. Um, I'd rather take a four out of five, or a four or five out of ten, that's what I meant to say, a four or five out of ten original versus a 7 or 8 out of 10 unoriginal. And he goes, David, that's absolutely insane. I don't know why you're thinking like that. Here's why, I, th- I don't know. I have this kind of irrational thing where, to give you the probably the most recent example, I love board games. God, do I love board games. I am so I get it from my mother, who gets it from her parents. I love games, card games, board games. The more complex, the better. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the game Scythe. It is by far the most complex game you will ever play in your life. Any There are eight moves that you can make at any time, but you can't make some of them. It's, it's nuts, and the art is great. If you want to look up just some of the art, I guess it's based on some guy. I can't remember the name, unfortunately. But some guy saw a bunch of these early World War One pictures of just like people in fields and whatnot, and the pictures are themselves are great because it's all... The color scheme is very gray and muted, so it br- brings this like, very bleak tone to the First World War. And then he looked at those and he said, yeah, those are cool. But what if we made like timely mecha transformers almost? And what he did, you know, in this picture of these people who are looking distressed in this field about World War One, there's a picture of a tractor robot with claws and, you know, wheels for feet. And it's, it's very funny, the juxtaposition between, like, World War One bleak 
you know, that time with, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's fine because these people have taken a tractor and retrofitted it and have the technology and the means to make basically a Transformer. And you use those Transformers in the board game, and it's great. I love that game. That's one of my favorite games of all time. If anybody played, like, I've played it with a couple people, and they hate it. Oh, they hate it. Because it's so complex, and I'm sitting there, and I'm explaining all the rules, and they still don't get it. If you know who you are, I'm sorry. Um, and I love that game. It's great. And I love stuff like that, especially in board games. I don't think board games can nearly get away, now that I think about it, being unoriginal as movies and television. And I just love, I love, this is my irrational thing, I love anything that makes its own world in any capacity. I can give you countless examples, and I will give you a couple. The one I'll give you right now is a video game called Brawlhalla. And if you don't know what Brawlhalla is, let me explain it to the video game people, and then let me explain it to everybody else. To the video game people, it is just Nintendo's Super Smash Bros., it's the great value brand version of Super Smash Bros. It's Super Smash Bros. for everybody that doesn't have a Nintendo console and wants to play Super Smash Bros. It is Super Smash Bros. For everybody else that doesn't know what I'm talking about, it is just a game and its function, how the game functions, is directly ripping off something way better and way more recognizable. In its function, in its presentation, in its characters, in its design, it's completely unique. And I actually like it more. I've played both. I played the good original one, and then I've played the rip-off original one. And I don't own the good original one. I only own the rip-off one because the reason why I don't have the original good one is because I need to buy a whole other gaming console for it, and I just don't have $400 to spend right now. I'm sorry. But I I've come to actually like the rip-off original more, even though it's objectively a worse game, because they have characters that have never been in anything else and will never be in anything else again. They just have these weird... You know, they have a, a Velociraptor. All of them are bipedal. All of them have two legs. So there's not too much variety in that regard. But, you know, they have a rock golem. They have a Velociraptor. They have plenty of old people, plenty of long, young people, plenty of girls, plenty of boys. Yeah, devil people, angel people, and it's just like, I like these people, and they all have, if you really want to, you can go and you can comb through the game, and they all have these little bios about themselves, it's like, oh, this person was from here, whatever, I haven't read them, but I love that, I love that people create their own characters and their own worlds, another example I can give you is the board game and mobile game, they have a mobile game for this, called Ascension, it is a, the board game that the mobile game is derived from, is a deck builder. If you don't know what a deck builder is, it is a game where throughout the course of the game, you get currency and you use that currency to collect cards that make your deck better. Every time you collect a card, you put it in your discard pile. And when you're out of cards in your deck, you take your discard pile, shuffle it, draw new cards. So over the course of the game, you're buying cards, you put them in your discard pile. And then when you're out of cards, you shuffle them all up. And you end up, you start the game with literally 10 cards. Every deck builder, I have three of them. I have a DC superhero one, I have a Harry Potter one, and I have Ascension, the third one. And you all they all start with 10 cards, and by the time you're done, you have a card stack as thick as your fist. And it's great. And Ascension, I found it so interesting. I wish I had read it more before I left, because it's still in my house. Not my house here, but at my house that I went to for Christmas. And it's so interesting, because every card has... It's like 
a part of one of four factions. It's like life, uh, mechanical or mecha or something, like humans and death. And you could tell which one it is because the border and board games, another thing that board games can't really get away from. I'm not saying this, that is saying that some of these can get away with this. Maybe some video games, but anything else, no. Board game's incredibly pretty. I know I was gushing about Scythe, too. But this one's very pretty because of the color, actually. So everything, a part of the death, is purple around it. Me Mecha is orange. Humans are blue. And life is green. And But you can collect whatever you want. You don't have to just... But the gimmick is that Mecha cards work well with other Mecha cards. So you want to collect more Mecha cards so that way... You know, they all work off of each other. If you get, like, a hand one time with, like, four mecha cards, they all work off each other, and that's a really good play. But sometimes you don't get a mecha card, so you have to pick up this life card. Okay, well, now the life card works better with the life cards. You want to start collecting life cards. So that's sort of how you end up with the game, is you end up trying to read some cards, and you end up, you know, collecting all this stuff. And it's just, it's great, and they've done, you know, they have, like, some cards are artifacts, and other things are living people. So, you know, you collect the pe the heroes, and you collect the villains, and you collect the artifacts. And it's just like, what? And you know a board game's good. You know a board game's really good. At least for me. When you open the rule book, and the first thing, maybe the second thing past, like, the table of contents, is just like a five-paragraph, basically, essay on what the world is and what the state is. Sometimes I read them, sometimes... Like, I read the Scythe one, that it was all based on, you know, some World War One paintings, and the guy decided to have fun with it. I didn't really read Ascensions, and I really want to, and I should. But, like, that's the kind of stuff I live for. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, yes, give me more. That's why I'm always on the hunt, also, for original games. Because not only are original games... Again, if I find a good one, I think it's probably better than some triple-a stuff and for those of you that aren't familiar with video game triple-a is basically the equivalent of like disney pretty much like big corporations that's what it's called big corporation video games are called triple-a video games don't ask me why not sure um but if i find like a gem game the term is called indie game like game that doesn't get as much funding or popularity if i get a gem indie game i will automatically put that at a pedestal higher than most triple-a games because i don't like triple-a games because I find, and here's what I, and here's sort of the basis of this argument. I know, right? Can you believe it? I've taken a half hour to explain the basis of this argument. The basis of this argument is I find that, like, AAA game developers and Disney and Marvel and all, I know Disney owns Marvel, but still, work with me here. And, you know, all these big things that we love and we think are good, they are. But not, but the problem is I think a lot of it, like, it's, out of the sake of on like originality at this point you guys remember that stretch like four years ago not four years ago it might I don't know, maybe yeah yeah because i think it was right before the pandemic um yeah a stretch of four years ago where they were just remaking all the disney movies i feel like it's because they were out of ideas you know they did lion king they did lion king remake why they did a live action remake of lion king oh my god i was so mad every other one because like I know you. I know how they did it. I've seen clips of it. It's fine. It's nothing great. I had a couple friends. I had a friend and his family went and go see it, and they were like, "Ah, oh, you know what? It wasn't terrible." But that's it. Remakes and unoriginal things will never be terrible. They can never be terrible. 
because they're derived from something that if you're going to go see it, you probably liked already. Take all the Disney remakes. There was a stretch of like three years where that's all they were doing was just Disney remakes. Were any of them terrible? No. Of course, you know, some people didn't like Will Smith. Uh, yeah, Will Smith as the genie. And of course, like following up Robin Williams, by the way, is just a death sentence. But for any actor, like if I learned that like, oh, yeah, you're going to be the next comedic buddy to like Adam Sandler in his next film, but you're following up Robin Williams' character. I'd be like, no, I can't do that. Are you kidding me? People are going to hate it. But like they're not none of them are going to be bad because you like them all. I like Aladdin. I've seen the clips. It's not terrible. If any of you, if any other people are like me and either I have a degree in television production, so I have like a pseudo degree in film because it's kind of the same, not really, but it's enough to where I can critically analyze it. You know, it's it hits all the right notes production-wise and you know, it's fine, but that's the thing, they're all going to be fine. Because if you if I'm going to see the Lion uh yeah, the Lion King or Aladdin live action remake or the Mulan remake, like if you're going to go see it, you like it already. So you're going to remember the original that you liked and that's going to kind of seep in to your opinion about the remake. So of course it's not going to be crap. Because it's gonna, because it's about the thing that you like, and that's why I like original things so much more. Is because like they're sat, because like they're making all this money, and this is what bothers me. I'm gonna use Disney as an example, but you can take whatever you want with this. This is what bothers me, is that Disney keeps not so much as of late. They're making me eat my words a little bit, but I will still stand by this. That stretch of time where they were doing nothing but live action remakes, I was so mad. Because all they were doing was just putting out these live action remakes and people eat them up. And I was like, why? Because you've seen it already. It's, you've basically, it's, I know it's a whole nother film and whatever. You know, you get new guys to play Aladdin and Jasmine, Jafar and Genie, whatever. But it's the same thing. They're not doing any actual thinking. I think it's so much better when you have to create a world and characters and things. And they just, oh, that's all they were doing. It's like nothing's original anymore. And that was my whole argument in, you know, the group. I was like, nothing's original anymore. And you do have to kind of dig for more original stuff. And that kind of sucks. But at least in video games, it's not too hard to dig. I think it's a lot harder to dig in the space of uh, movies and television shows. Television shows are probably the worst if you want to find, like, original stuff. I think if you go on TV, everything's derived from something. One of my favorite shows recently that I haven't really watched enough of to have make it be my favorite, but certainly one of my favorites right now is The Witcher. And I used that television show. Actually, I watched, like, five... Ep- uh, yeah, I ended up watching, like, five episodes. And I used it in a television writing class because it actually portrayed a lot of what I wanted to do in television writing. And my professor said, you listen to me, that television show is not made if the video games don't do well. And those video games didn't do well unless the books did well. The Witcher is based off of books and the video games are based off of books. And you see what I mean? So it's like, that's all it is. And now that I'm saying, I'm realizing that I'm doing the same thing. Because I just talked to you guys about how I'm reading a book and Lin-Manuel Miranda read a book to make his musical. So you're going to call me a hypocrite, right? Yes. But no. 
you can call me a hypocrite in the space of me complaining about originality when I'm sitting here reading a book, but my argument of nothing original still stands, despite the fact that I'm being a massive hypocrite. And I'm going to recognize the fact that I'm going to be a massive hypocrite because I don't like hypocrites very much. And that'll be another topic for another day. But needless to say, I don't like hypocrites that much. And I'm mad that I'm a hypocrite now. I'm really mad. But, but, that's, but that's still, my argument still stands. I don't like when things are not original. My final example of this, I would highly recommend that you watch some clips or please if you are a fan of a music specifically string music violin viola uh, cello bass that kind of stuff if you are interested in that and or piano i beg of you listen to the hollow knight score hollow knight is a game hollow knight's a video game and i think it's a very pretty video game if i say that this concept you're going to look at me with five heads and you're going to go that sounds like the grossest thing in the world who would like that but it's done so well it's painful the game is about a bug every single thing in the game is bug related all the enemies are bugs all the people that you talk to are bugs you are a bug everything's a bug and your quest eventually it's not immediately clear what your quest is but your quest eventually is to is to there's an outbreak going on where if you catch it's basically a disease and if you catch this disease uh you as a character just become part of this bigger hive mind and the hive mind is trying to stretch as far as physically possible and it's your job to stop the hive mind it is gorgeous to look at the sound design's great if you're a fan of video games the bosses are fantastic i believe it's available on I know it's available on Xbox and Switch and PC also, I believe. And I, it might be available for PlayStation. Double check that. If you are a fan, I highly recommend you at least watch it. Watch somebody play it. Listen to somebody talk about it. Watch clips. Watch, do, listen to a boss ranking or something. The music. Huh, my God. The music. I could I could do a whole episode of this podcast just on the music. I And the thing about it, to tie it back to originality, it was made by three people. This game that retails, you can get the you can get everything. You can get the base game and all four of its DLC packets for forty dollars. In the video game sphere, that's pretty good, especially since it's my favorite game of all time. That is very good. I am very frugal with my games, and my friends are mad because I don't spend money on video games. I've had multiple friends on multiple occasions buy me video games because I keep telling them I'm not going to play it with them because I won't buy it because the price is too high, and then they end up buying it for me. The fact that everything included is $40 on the high end. I got it on sale because Microsoft was doing a sale, and I actually got it for $17. It goes on sale pretty frequently. Listen to the music. Do something. If you are a fan of just gorgeous music, please, I beg of you to listen. It is fantastic. And that is original. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's all original. The concept is fight bosses, and you're a bug. And it works brilliantly and i've never found anything that matches that originality quite the same like everything like the way it looks the way it plays the music everything i haven't found anything that's matched that high i've gotten since i've haven't stopped looking and there have been some games that are pretty close if you want my opinion on some other games under any games that you should take a look at i can give you a couple but for the sake of all the non-video game people i won't 
But that's that's sort of that's sort of the basic of this this argument. It's like I would rather something be original and not because if it ends up being original and really good, it is automatically elevated into my mind than anything. Hollow Knight as a game to me will be better than any single Marvel movie that has come out or will come out. And I will stand by that to the test of time. Because the Marvel movies, and this is what's ter- like this is what I hate, the Marvel movies are derived from really cool, objectively, really cool, at least I think objectively, really cool superheroes. Hulk is my second favorite superhero ever. I'm a Batman nerd, I'm sorry. But Hulk, uh, Captain America's third, Thor is fourth. Aside from Batman, DC kind of has like nothing. If Batman was a Marvel property instead of a DC property, oh my god, Marvel would own all the best superheroes, and I will not argue. I will on this podcast. But Batman's great. Love Batman. I love his villains. I love everything about him. But it's like the best Batman game, Batman video game, or the best Batman movie, or the best Batman TV show, if an original work is the same level of good to me, the original work is better because it's original. I that and I've had this argument with friends, and he says that's crazy. They should be the same if they get the same score. I go, no, in my head, because one of them's original and one of them's not, the original one gets the win every time. Because I would rather have something be original and average than unoriginal and good. Because I think you get to the point where we are now. Again, take out Disney's most recent, because again, they're kind of making me eat my words with like Encanto and uh, Luca. And there was something else they put out really recently that I can't think of. But also, who knows? I don't, I haven't run into anything that like Encanto and Luca are based on anything, but they might be. And if they might be, and I think there's a very good chance they might be. And if they are, guess what? Proves my point. But like, you take a look around at stuff that isn't original. And it's shocking. There's a guy that I watch. It's not TikTok. Sometimes I get caught in Instagram reels, which is Instagram's version of TikTok. And I'm mad that sometimes I get, I keep getting caught in there. But sometimes I get caught in there. I don't use, I actually do have a TikTok, but I do not use it. Because people keep sending me stuff. And it to me, it's just easier to open it in the app than open it on a safari page because it takes like three seconds longer and when you're getting the amount of tiktoks that i do from people you're gonna want to cut that three seconds out but i'm on instagram reels which is basically a great value brand tiktok and there's this guy i keep running into i don't know if you've seen him but it's just a guy who like basically points out songs and tells you how old they are like for any of you guys that remember tiktok trends uh what was it? God, I just lost it. All right. Well, he keeps, um, like, he'll take a TikTok song, right? And he'll be like, this is when this TikTok song came out in 2020. This is what that's based on. And that's from 1980. Oh, and that's what this, and this is what that's based on. And that song was from 1940. And, and that's, that's like his whole channel. It's like, this is the original. This is what it's based off of. And then, and at least one time over, like you take the TikTok song and it's next original song. Like you recognize that song and you hear the two back to back and you're like, wow, that is like, that's bordering on like copyright infringement almost. Like that's how close these things are. And then you, and I keep running into them and there's so many songs. Now granted music has, I think a little bit of, um, a little bit of a hard time 
and I think in the courts this was like this is actually the case because it gets to a point where there's only so much music that you can write, you know what I mean? And like it sounds nice. There's only so many octaves that you can play with really, realistically at least, where like people like it and it sounds nice. It gets to a point like we've reached a point in music where you're going to run into something that somebody's done eventually, but that's music. You could take this argument to movies, you could take this argument to TV, intellectual properties, video games, whatever you want. I think the argument still stands. If you take the time to look around a little bit, I think you'll find that stuff that you didn't really think about before might be just a copy of a copy of a copy, and they keep repurposing it, and they keep rebranding it as something new, and you keep buying it. Just something to chew on to think about. All right, well, it is officially midnight. Let's see how long I've gone for. I've gone for just under the hour mark. Can you believe it? And so this would normally, this, that actually works out really well, because this would normally be the time where I would answer some questions. So again, if you would like to send me some questions, you can go to youboardpodcast at gmail.com. You as in you and I, Y-O-U, board, as in board, podcast, as in what you're listening to right now, all one word, at gmail.com. And you can email me questions or you can yell at me and tell me that I should just publish everything because I'm just being defensive. Or you can tell me that not original things are going to be, you know, that's going to be the industry standard, I guess, and I better just live with it. And who knows, you might actually yell at me about something and I might put it in the podcast, even though it's not directly a question. So be prepared. I might call you out. Nobody is safe. You send me the email. It's mine now. I might use it. I don't know. We'll see how many emails I guess. And uh, if you want to be a possible guest, I am literally, if you want to know what my recording studio is, I am sitting on my floor in my apartment. That is it. That is my recording studio. So if you would like to come over, we'll sit at a table. We don't have to sit on the floor. But if you would like to come on and talk about some stuff that you've been thinking about, want to chew on, and you want another person to think about it too, because even if I don't know a smidgen of what you're talking about, I will ask questions. And from those questions, I will get more questions, some more pointed questions, some more direct questions. And then from there, we'll start talking. And I will bet you money that I will at least come up with one question that you didn't really think about. And it might help you, might give a breakthrough or something. There's no harm. Just ask all the questions. Yeah, okay. I'm done. Thank you all so much for watch, uh, listening to... Watching listening to this first podcast i'm hopeful to do this once a week or once every two weeks depending on how well this goes and whatever so stay tuned it's gonna be a lot of fun though i do want to keep doing this at least for another like three i don't know it'll be a lot of fun though stick around it'll be a lot of fun hope you guys enjoyed i'll see you in the next one